This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and today... We have a special guest. We have a, uh, a fill-in co-host uh, with me. His name is Matt Harper, and Matt and I work together. Matt is our vice president of ticket sales uh, with the Pawtucket Red Sox. Uh, Matt, welcome to Front Office Features and your first co-hosting gig. Great to be here. Story of my life. I'm always the backup plan. <laughs> Got me through my career, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Harper, it's, it's good to have you. Um, why you're here is... You know, uh, Chris, our current co-host, uh, sad news. Um, he lost his dog. He had to put his dog yeah. down unexpectedly and uh, brutal stuff. Have you ever well, had to put a dog down? I never have. I had dogs when I was young uh, and never, after that, never really had dogs. I think my dogs ran away. <laughs> um, so I, I was, I was, I was they're, on a, they're on a farm just running around. Yeah, I, I mean, you grew up in Virginia, so they really could be on a farm. Yes, I was young enough to be shielded from that and then never really got back into the, the pet game, if you will. So, no, never had to experience it. But I, I have had friends and family who have had to put dogs down, and, you know, that's that's never a, a good experience. It's so, the uh, worst. You know, send my thoughts out to Chris and his family for sure. It's the worst. We, we had to put our – we had a golden retriever that we put down uh, a couple of years ago, um, and then we had another golden retriever. He was three. Yeah. Uh, that I had to put him down. I got kind of rare disease and just, it is awful. I just, oh, I, I, the, I hate it. It's part of the family. It's definitely part of the family for sure. Yeah. It's just, uh, yuck. It's the worst. So I, I'm feeling for Chris and sometimes in our podcast, uh, his, his, he had a uh, dog, his dog uh, name was Rufus and Rufus was a bulldog mm-hmm. and you could, Rufus would go, <laughs> And you could hear him, yeah, in the background of yeah. the uh, of the podcast. You have to like, Chris, Chris, you got to go do something with Rufus, man. Like, yeah. he's like snoring in the back, but you could like hear him come down, like pause coming down the the stairs. But Rufus was cool. Rufus right. was cool. So, R.I.P. Roof. But uh, you know that's why that's why that's why Chris isn't here tonight. So, I asked you uh, to come on the podcast. Because you and I have worked together for what, four and a half, five years now? Yeah, four and a half years, yes. Ish, right? Yeah. And obviously, we've gotten pretty close where I wouldn't ask you to come on a podcast with me. Uh, the <laughs> reason I asked you is you are very passionate, really since day one, once, once I really got to know you, about helping young people start their careers. That's your favorite part of the job, right? Without a doubt. Without a doubt is, is finding good young people. It doesn't have to be salespeople, but good, good young people. Uh, and helping them develop their career, spending time with them, finding out what they want to do and, and, and helping them progress. You know, before I came here, I would always tell people in job interviews, 
you know, just give me 15 to 18 months and then my job is to get you out of here. I've, I've changed that a little bit since I've been with the Paw Sox. And now in every interview I've done with the Paw Sox, my go-to phrase is I'm not hiring you for this job. I'm hiring you for your next job. Uh, and it's that. something that I fundamentally believe in. Mm -hmm. uh, previous people I've worked with who would cringe, you know, when they would hear me say that. But I, I feel like as managers of young people, whether it's salespeople, marketing people, whatever the case may be, as a manager of young people in any industry, part of your job is to help those people grow and develop and help them go uh, and spread their wings. If it's within the organization, great, uh, but also you, know, you have contacts that you can help them with as it's time for them to, to go and, and explore the next, the next career options for them. So give them, uh, give our listeners like a little background, like you, you came from college athletics, you weren't the minor league guy like I was. Mm -hmm. um, tell everybody about like where you, where you, you know, where, where you came from, what you've been, what you've been doing. Yeah. So I, I always thought I was going to work in events. That's what I wanted to do in undergrad. That's what I did as an intern. In like special events? I uh, know. Like, it's like game day operations almost. I mean, that's, that's what I did for my last two years in undergrad at Old Dominion. Uh, I worked in the game day ops and events office uh, with a great manager, Greg Smith. Um, went to grad school at Florida State. And part of going to grad school, my parents told me, you got to find a job and got to graduate. Got to find a job when you're in grad school. In grad school. Yes, I had to have a job in grad school. And I sent an email to every de department head. I uh, went to grad school at Florida State. Every department head. Uh, at Florida State and ended up getting a, a graduate assistantship in the ticket office. I had never sold tickets, had no idea I wanted to work in tickets. Uh, and then kind of from there, it, it turned into an internship with Disney uh, at, their, at the Wide World of Sports Complex. Uh, again, my first full-time job was at Seattle University. Then I went and worked for- What were you doing at Seattle, you? The director of uh, ticket sales and operations. Uh, running the tickets department or selling the tickets or both? I, both. I was, it was a one-man show with, the, with a graduate assistant, two great graduate assistants. But, yeah, we were, we were lean and mean. Um, and then from there went to San Jose State where I worked for IMG College, which is now Learfield IMG Ticket Solutions. Left there uh, to go to the University of Oregon to start their first true outbound sales effort. Uh, originally from Virginia, wanted to get back closer to the East Coast. Uh, you and I both know Steve DeLay very well. He knew that I was looking to get back to the East Coast, and he called me one day and literally said, what do you know about Pawtucket, Rhode Island? Uh, and I said, the Pawtucket Red Sox. So uh, connected the dots. I think you and I emailed on a Saturday afternoon, and I was offered a job on Thursday morning. So uh, I know what I like. Yeah, and then, you know, I said, when can you start? And I said, oh, I'd like to be out there in three weeks. And you said, okay, well, I'll see you in two weeks. So, <laughs> got off the last start. But, yeah, so been, been here ever since. Yeah, well, um, I think, too, you have – one of the things that it interests me, too, that I think you can provide some insight uh, is you were, also, you were a young manager, but you were also a young salesperson. I think, too, as you're going through – when you're, how did you develop, you know, you're 22 years old, right? 23 years old, probably. And you're managing grad assistants who you could go out to the bar with, right? Like, 
How did you change? And (laughs) how did you change from like being a college student, you know, even in grad school to like a professional, you know what I'm saying? That's a hell of a transition. It was. And and I'll be honest, uh, you know, it it was really Seattle university. Um, One of the things about Seattle university that was so cool, we were transitioning from division two to division one. And we were, under like to say we were understaffed and under budget would be an, an overstatement uh would be an understatement so we we just we were just kind of so immersed into what we were doing that you kind of had to it was trial by fire i mean really we had an athletic director in bill hogan who was great who, who invested a lot of time and and really the entire staff and the development of the staff but it you just had to do it. I mean, it was, it was really learning on the job. And I have been extremely fortunate every stop through my career, starting back to undergrad at Old Dominion, where everywhere I've ever been, I've always had managers, whether my direct managers or managers in the departments that I worked with, who always took time to help, but always say, hey, you want to go out to lunch? Hey, do you need to talk? So I was able to, to kind of see how other people manage me and also manage other people and kind of pick and choose what I liked and what I didn't like and, and almost be able to form how I wanted to act, how I wanted to manage and how I wanted to lead. And, and I think, you know, because that happened for me so early in my career, I was able to go in and incorporate some of the things I observed at Old Dominion at Florida State at Disney into that first job where, you know, I'm, I'm being looked upon as, as, as someone who's managing, who's making some decisions. Um, and, and, and then from there, I was able to, to kind of develop into managing multiple people, managing a sales team, going through the training process and, and, and hiring people and doing all of that good stuff. How did you, you know, one of the things that's mind blowing to me is, you know, when I'm coming out of college, I couldn't manage myself, let alone other people. Um, how did you, how did that, how did that process go? How did you grow into that? Or was it just something that you just kind of, I know, like, I don't know. It just seems like, uh, what was some of the hardest things that you had to overcome, I guess, from being that young manager when you're just trying to really get your feet under you as a professional? Yeah, I'll be honest. There were failures and I will forever be in debt to Bill Hogan, who was our athletic director at Seattle U. You know, there were two times in particular where it would have been very easy for Bill to say, this isn't working. Like, we need to go find somebody else. Like, they're there. But he, he didn't do that. He, he stood by me, stood by multiple people in the department and, and let us grow. And I think it was those failures um, where, you know, early on in your career, whether you're managing people and maybe you're not quite ready to or you're just a, a young salesperson. You always want to take on more than you probably should. You don't want to ask for help. You want to prove your worth. Uh, And I had to learn early on that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, you know what, I can't do all of this by myself. And that was one of the things I learned early on with some of the failures that I experienced that if I try to do this on my own, I'm going to burn myself out. Like I'm going to have to go and sell life insurance, right? Like I, I, because if I, if I continue to go down this path and once I did that, it, it, you know, it started to click and 
you know, you know me, I'm not a helicopter manager. I'm not a micromanager. And a lot of it just comes from the way I was managed in a way that I was always managed to be empowered. I was, I was managed where, you know, I could make mid-level decisions. I didn't always have to check in with somebody. Hey, am I allowed to do this now? Obviously, and this is still the case today, if there's a big decision, if there's a budgetary discussion, obviously we have a bigger discussion, but it, it was, I was always empowered even as an intern. So as I got in to start managing people, that was the way I did it. I was going to empower my graduate assistants. I was going to empower my sales reps who are three years younger than me uh, to, to help them because at the end of the day, we're all pulling in the same direction. One of the things I think people would be interested in is I get this question a lot, especially now during a pandemic is, as you know, like no one's hiring, right? Like we're not hiring the other, you know, 140 other minor league baseball teams aren't hiring. You know, they just had cuts at the freaking Red Sox. Right. Um, And I have a lot of people who are like juniors, seniors that are questioning grad school. Um, Excuse me. You went to grad school. Yes. And what was your, do they call it a major in grad school? They don't let idiots like me in the grad school. What is, is it a concentration? Yeah. So you, you basically you're getting your master's degree in a specific, uh, I don't know. What was yours? Sport administration. All right. So go back again, or, you know, maybe take yourself. You just graduated from uh, ODU and you are looking at grad schools again. Mm-hmm. Are you doing it again? That's hard to say. In all honesty, I, I don't know if my career would have gone the way it has if I hadn't done grad school. Um, you know, my, I wouldn't be in tickets, right? Like yeah. unless I got a sales job because grad school was my introduction to tickets. Uh, and I always wanted to work in college athletics. Like that's what I wanted to do. Uh, interning at Old Dominion. I wanted to stay in college athletics. So that was why I pursued the sport administration Thinking you're going to be what, like a, a athletic director? I didn't know if that's what I wanted to do. I yeah. just wanted, like, I, I we had a great athletic director at Old Dominion, had great senior leadership at Old Dominion, and I just, what they did seemed cool, right? And and so that's what I wanted to do. The advice I would give to people, and we and I've had this conversation with a couple of our interns here, is you know when you're, it's a lot of debt. Right. Unless you can have somebody that's going to underwrite that cost, you have to think of long and hard about it. Is, is this something that is ultimately going to help me reach my ultimate career goal? Um, and, and that's that can be a tough question to answer. And what I would advise is and I think you and Chris have talked about it. You know, who do you see out there that's doing a job that you could see yourself doing in five to ten years? And go look at their LinkedIn profile. We talk about that all the time. Did, did they go to grad school, right? Or did they just, you know, do internships and, and do, you know, part-time jobs just to, to kind of break into the industry, to grow their network uh, and to grow their skill set? I remember we had a, an intern a couple of years ago who was still in the sports industry. She's in minor league hockey now. And I told her, I said, hey, look, you're really good, but there's a really good chance when you graduate from college you're going to have to go do another internship. Like there's no guarantee you graduate from college, there's going to be a full-time job ready for you. Right. So it's, 
it's a tough decision. It's a tough commitment. And, you know, with the debt and all honesty that you're going to take on doing that, you really need to think, is this going to help me get to where I want to go? And I think doing research on people who are doing what you want to do and even talking to them and seeing, you know, did, did that really help you develop your career uh, and, and develop your skill set and develop your network? Yeah. They, um, I feel like we're getting that question more and more now, right? Because it's like, Hey, I can, I'm a senior. I'm going to go out into this job market. Like what the hell am I doing? Uh, so I, I totally get it. I, 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 I think there's some great ones. We have a great partner in San Diego state and their sure. sports MBA program. Uh, those are like top tier ones. I would expect to go to those no matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, but it's like the ones that are, you're going to go to, I don't know, pick a random university in Oklahoma. Yeah. You're going to go to grad school there just to do it and get a bunch of stuff. I don't know. The top tier ones, San Diego state uh, and others. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple out there. And I would say like San Diego state, that's a, that's kind of a mix between sport admin and an MBA. Yeah. Developing multiple skill sets. Hence why it's called the sports MBA. They named it properly. (laughs) (laughs) You're developing multiple skill sets and you're going to start to develop a network. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, that is important. But the other thing, too, you have to consider, especially if you're looking at the sport admin route, is it a practical route that they take or is it more focused on trying to groom you to go to a doctoral degree? And, and there are some schools, some programs that are focused less on developing a practical experience, you know, focus on graduate assistants, uh, focus on internships. And they're more so focused on like the being theater. able to, to, to lock you in for another three years. <laughs> write a bunch of articles. They, uh, they're more looking in the theory of this, right? Exactly. They're not the practicality of it. I, I agree. And, um, you know, San Diego State does a great job of putting that, you know, they, they make you go do all kinds of actual things. Yes. Um, and that, that's why they're top. I, I just find it interesting for someone who's done it. Yes. You know, and for me, it was, I've, I've never done it. I'm not, I, I no ambition to do that. Yeah, but <laughs> you do that laughing. So it's, yeah, of course not. Look at you. Um, but I, just, I, I find that interesting. And I've gotten a lot of those, you know, we do all these, uh, do a ton of calls and, you know, informational interviews with folks, which I love. And I get the question all the time. What do you think about grad school? Because yeah, it's, a, it's a, it's a fair question. and It's a tough job market. So I, but there are, a lot of things to consider uh, when, when making that decision. Well, there's a couple of things I want to go through with, uh, with you today, Harp, is one, I think people would find it interesting. You and I hire together, right? So we have got a, a process that I don't think is different than too many places, but I think our listeners would appreciate like getting the insight of like how we do it the process that we go through, I guess kind of why the process, but at least maybe educating them, taking them behind the scenes a little bit about mm-hmm. our process. And then I want to talk to you about a call that I have um, for one of these informational interview calls. Uh, but before that, Harp, as you know, we are a big damn deal podcast. And yes. with big damn deal uh, podcast, you have to read uh, ads. So uh, being a f- part of the Blue Wire uh, podcast, they got a new uh, new podcast. Uh, Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian sports commentator, and most importantly, dad of two little girls. 
uh, beloved by, I don't know how to say this word, Abulaz. I don't, Abulaz? Abuelas? Abuelas, maybe? Probably. I don't know. I'm an idiot. I didn't go to grad school. Did they teach you abuela, how to pronounce abuelas in, uh, at Florida State? No, but to be clear, I'm not, I also can't see what you're supposed to be reading. <laughs> but I'm so, are they even giving me like the little, like, uh, this is how you say it thing. Uh, and I still screw it up. So, uh, just, but just so but abuelas, know. now that you say that, that's yeah. exactly how it's supposed to that be said. It means grandmother in Spanish. Thank you very much. I'm learning something new each day. I appreciate this. I feel like you're, you are educating me as we go. Uh, so uh, what do they say? Beloved by abuelas, right? Did I pronounce it? I had a little accent there too. And hardcore fans like Abner is a pro at entertaining the world, uh, both in and out of the ring on Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook uh, with Abner Mares. Uh, we'll hear, about, hear, from Abner, hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him uh, the boxer and man, he has. You ever been in the boxing? No. Yeah, me neither. They. Uh, I do remember when I was a kid. Uh, my buddy's father stole the pay per view with a black cable box. You know the black yeah. boxes. Yeah. Um, when Tyson fought Holyfield and bit his ear. Yeah. So I, I remember watching Tyson rip Holyfield's ear off live interesting that's, that's, that's a, my big that's my big boxing thing yeah i never got into boxing it's martial arts it's not i mean i don't do you don't do blood, blood. you do I not do blood yeah. i think me just talking about ripping his ear off made you a little queasy is that right it did for sure <laughs> <laughs> um so they chat about topics i think that our our people our uh, our fans would like you know kind of the state of boxing right the the sports business side of boxing uh, and then he's all into sports and music and culture and his family life and all that kind of stuff. So get you some uh, good behind the scenes. So uh, listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get podcasts. Episodes in English out Tuesday and episodes in Spanish out on Miércoles, Wednesdays, right? Is that right, Harp? I, I, I don't. Come on, Miércoles, <laughs> right? Lunes, Martes, Miércoles, right? Yes. What's Thursday? I, I hope Ms. LeBlanc's not listening right now. Miracles. <laughs> Miracles. All right. Um, so let's go into this. I only want to read one after that one. I think I've got two more that I got to read, but I don't want to read them right now. We're not going to read those right now. We'll go on to the next thing. Okay. So let's talk here on, uh, on a Miracles. Today, today's Wednesday. Yes. And... Let's talk about our process, right? People going in and interviewing uh, for us, right? They, we post a, you and I hire for ticket job, ticket operations jobs, you know, on the ticket side of the business. Um, let's talk a little bit about our process, right? So we'll post a job yep. on uh, teamwork. Minor league baseball has got a website, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we'll just get it out there, right? On our website. Um, and, then what? Take people through kind of what our, our, our process is because, I don't know, I think yeah. it works. Yeah, so from there, it's really checking on a daily, every other day basis. Teamwork uh, has, a, you know, has a pretty good platform where you can go in, 
and you're literally downloading the resumes. And what I do is I download the resume uh, and print all of them out. Sometimes it'll be 20 resumes. Sometimes it'll be 60, 70, 80 resumes, depending on the job. And always, just as pause before we do that, the ones that go to the top, yep. we talk about this constantly, are the people who have either reached out, have gotten uh, in contact with us through a friend of a friend. Those ones go to like the top. Yes. This is I, just I, I, like the pile of resumes that we get for regular jobs. So like going back to everything that we've talked about for 102 mm -hmm. episodes or whatever, it goes back to the people who have networked, who have found their way that knew this job and didn't apply typically through teamwork yes. that they kind of went the unique way. They go on top. Yes. The rest of the teamwork ones kind of go underneath. Yeah. There's two ways to do that. There's one, you apply on teamwork and then you go on the Paul Sox website and you find my email, your email, and you send us an email, you send us a LinkedIn message that that works. Uh, the other way uh, we hired, we hired a couple people this way where it's a referral. Uh, hey, this, this guy's applying uh, or this gal's applying. You should definitely give them a look. Um, yeah, right. Those are the people who definitely end up at the top. The next thing that I do, and this is a little bit of insight, I, when I'm going through the kind of that next pile, if you will, the first thing I'm looking at is your formatting. Like, did formatting? You, yes. Did you dedicate enough time in building out this resume to, to format it in a coherent way. Because if you didn't, you're now in the pile to the right where I'm gonna come back to you if- Nobody if the, works if, out. If the first two piles don't work out. <laughs> yeah, if you right. can't put the time- So formatting, what are you looking for in format? Like what's some uh, good formats with some crappy formats? Uh, it, for one, it's not run on sentences. Your resume isn't, it's not, it shouldn't be written in paragraph form. You know, yeah, your right. name's at the top. I've got your email at the top. Uh, I don't really, you know, it, it's just, it flows. It's broken up. And look, I don't care if, if you've been uh, a bus boy or a bar back or a lifeguard. I, I don't, like, that's fine. I, I don't care about that. I just want to see, does your resume look like you have put time and effort into developing this? And if you talk to somebody that has helped you develop this resume. But, because if you can't put the time and effort into developing a moderately coherent resume, are you gonna put the time and the effort into the training that we're going to do? I have a yeah, hard time right. believing that you are. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, you and I might talk about a couple of them, but from there I'm calling kind of the top of the top. It might, again, depending on what the job is, and depending on how many there are, that might be anywhere from eight to 15 people uh, that I'm going to call. And in that introductory call, I don't set up an appointment. I don't set up a time. I'm calling you and I'm catching you off guard. Hey, it's like Matt it. Harper with the Pawtucket Red Sox. Do you have a few minutes to talk? That, that's what it is. And I just want to see, can you and I have a conversation? I'm not, I'm not expecting you at that point to have questions to ask me. Uh, this is just how do you react you applied for a job, you know, hopefully you're expecting that somebody is going to be giving you a call. Are you ready to just have a five to 10 minute conversation? And then from there, you and I are gonna do either a, a Zoom call, a team call, or a call over the phone. Uh, and it's gonna be the two of us. And then that's where we set up an actual appointment, um, a time to talk. 
and we're going to, to ask them various questions. We're expecting them to ask us different questions. And then from there, we're going to get down to hopefully our top two or three. Uh, and we're going to bring them in. And, and, and I would just say, I, this is where I don't think we're unique. Um, when you go in for an interview, like understand that there's a good chance it's going to be the majority of your day. Yeah, right. um, and, and one thing that I have done everywhere I've ever been is you're not just interviewing with me and the people above us who ultimately have to sign off on the hires, but you're going to be also interviewing with your coworkers. Uh, we, I always, the sales staff gets pulled off the phones. They go into a suite and they spend 15, 20, 30 minutes with the candidate because at the end of the day, minor league baseball is a long day. It's a long week. It's a long season. Uh, and we sure as matters, hell better get along. Yeah. What matters most to me is, you know, in June when it's 95 degrees and we're in game seven of a 10 game homestand, is anybody going to want to murder you? Uh, <laughs> so, so, That's the most minor league answer I've ever heard uh, yeah. ever. I also say this, we've had, you know, you've probably, you've, you do a lot of the kind of first interviews and then come to me and a lot of times that they're in, person the the second ones and you'll be like man i love this person and they come into you know yes. my office and bomb they are terrible right they come in and bomb what do you think is one of the reasons that they bomb i have an opinion on this but what is what is one of the reasons that you think that, that they that they bomb i think a lot of it in my opinion is and I'm not going to say they're not necessarily prepared for the interview, but they're not prepared for what to be prepared for. Yeah. Right? They, the, the, I was going to, you said, well, I'm not going to say they're not prepared. I'm going to say yeah. they are not prepared. Right. So like one of the things that bugs me and you know, this is like when they say, when they have no idea about our ticket products. Yes. Right, like you're gonna go into a ticket sales ticket sales interview. You're not gonna spend two minutes on the freaking website to find out how we sell group tickets or what we sell uh, for hospitality spaces. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and and we're not asking, you know, we're not asking you to to recite the prices. Yeah, right. Uh, right. You know, it's 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 just a, a knowledge, and I think it's, you know I I like to give them a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt. You're much better at that than I am. I really do think, and this is something that, that I adamantly believe, that the college, that colleges, and I will say this, and I'm not saying this because he's your co-host, UMass yeah. does not fall into this category. <laughs> UMass turns out great candidates. But right. I think there are a lot of colleges out there who are not doing justice by their students to prepare them, A, to write a resume, and two, how to go through an actual interview process. I, I really think there's a shortfall there from, from higher ed where they're, they're not spending the time and investing in people to make sure their students are ready to do that when they graduate. They, one of the things that I feel that is getting terrible advice, terrible advice, is the ones that say, well, just get into sales and go from there. 
Yeah. No, go to hell, man. Like I, we got to put a roof over our head yeah. by and having great salespeople. Don't give me the crappy person who doesn't want to do this. And that was it. And, and I do believe that was a thing when you and I were trying to get into the yeah, industry. 20 years ago. Yeah. But I think that has changed. And we've, we've talked to people uh, and, you know, we say, well, what do you want to do? Right. Because we don't ask um, hard interview questions. We, we, we don't, we, you know, like we do ask, well, what do you want to do? Like, they're like, oh, well, I think I want to do community relations. Why the hell are you applying for a ticket sales? Why are we talking? Because I don't really want to work for you. I want to work down the hall. Yeah. Right? And, and I, go work down the hall. I don't have time for this. Yes. That is not the way to go about it. And, and, and that's where, too, you're better off to go do an internship in the field you actually want to go into than to go try to sell tickets. Because at the end of the day, Ticket sales, sponsorship sales, anything sales related is a mindset. And if you, and I had this conversation with an intern who we had, who was phenomenal at what he did, but was not, did not, should not have gone into tickets. And we were talking about it. And I said, look, there's a number on your head. And, and if you don't have the mindset to do it, you're going to hate it. You're not going to hit your number. And then all of a sudden, you know, what we think of you could potentially change because oh, this man, like this guy got to 40% of his number, but yeah, right. that, that's on us, you know, for, for kind of trying to put a, a square peg in a round hole. So we, we talk a lot about why people, you know, they, they bombed. You know, there's also people that come in there that maybe we weren't expecting to yes. do real well that crush it. What do you think people, we said preparation, obviously they're prepared. Um, what are some of the things that you see when people come in and absolutely dominate and we're like, we got to go hire that person. Two things. One is kind of just my preference, but the other thing I think is a general thing is they're themselves. Right. Like Chris Murphy, uh, who is now working for the Washington nationals. Murphy. I mean, we were, we, he, and he, he was up against stiff competition for the job that he ultimately ended up getting. Uh, and he had zero ticket sales background and just came in and we, we were just enamored. We loved him, right? Like we, he walked out and it was like, that's the guy. That guy. Yeah. And I don't think I could tell you anything that he said, any answer that he gave, but it was just like, he was himself. He was comfortable in his own skin. He had a little, he had confidence about what he was saying. Uh, and you could see that, you know, this is someone who is going to de develop into a damn good salesperson. Yeah. I think there's a combination of especially people early in their career, right? That have, and we'll talk more about this later, that have a combination of desire, like a willingness to learn, we'll call it. Mm -hmm. But also like, I have a certain skill set that you need that will provide value. I remember yeah. Murph's was, uh, he was very ingrained in Rhode Island, knew a bunch of Rhode Islanders and, you know, was obviously uh, and, and passionate about the baseball business, right? Mm -hmm. So he brought a, a, a value set to us, but he was also like dying to do better, to do more, to yeah. learn. And I think if you're able to have that kind of combo mentality, then I think you're in a better position than one where it's just like, look, man, I know everything. You don't need to teach me jack shit, but, you know, or the other way of like, I just want to, I just want to be taught. Right, then go to go to grad school. Yeah. <laughs> Learn what um, what what was the word that I couldn't figure out? 
Abuela. Abu da Abu. Uh, what was it? Abuela. Abuela. Yes. That's exactly how you pronounce it too. I'm looking at the little spell thing that like has its a a h dash b h e w dash l a h s. That is abuelas. There you go. From the podcast, new Blue Wire podcast, uh, on the hook. Down. Uh, subscribe today. Do it. Just like subscribe to it right now. You're like the ShamWow guy. I'm a great salesperson. <laughs> I should just be doing ad reads for a living. I crush that. I crush it. By the way, my favorite out of those ShamWow guys and all that stuff, love the ShamWow guy. But also, I love the um, uh, flex tape guy. The flex yeah. tape guy who has the screen boat, who like labels it, sprays it, all that stuff. And now he's driving down the, uh, in the well, ocean with like a screen, screen door boat. That guy's like my hero. Yeah. Ever bought uh, flex tape? No. <laughs> and then, in all honesty, me neither. But I love that guy. I, I actually, when the commercials come on, I'll, I'll stop. And I'm like, I'm watching the flex tape guy. And they got flex seal. They got all the kinds of the flex things. Those guys, and they have the corny commercials where like the fake thunder and lightning go, and then the branch falls and like puts this giant hole in the house yeah they've got like the the tub of water and the guy just kind of like smacks up the uh tape right there and miraculously fixes the hole yeah guy's like awesome who thought about that i don't know maybe i should have been one of those guys that like did that at like uh county fairs right you're from virginia county fairs that did what at county fairs they like sell stuff like that, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> could they? Could they? <laughs> could they do that? I think they could, right? Uh, yeah. You don't yeah. think so? No. All right. Let's read this next one. Uh, even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is number one job site in the world. The world's pretty big uh, because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account anytime, and there are no long-term contracts, plus uh, Indeed provides you powerful tools to make your search much easier. Like sponsored jobs where you'll be shown three and a half times more, I was to say, uh, more, more likely to be shown three and a half times, uh, that are three and a half more times likely, God, if I could read, likely to result in a higher with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month. Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. All right. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Harp, we might have to take, uh, we have to might look into this. Try Indeed out with free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, right this very second to, to indeed.com backslash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Should we go to Indeed? Yeah. Well, once we can hire people. Once we can hire people. Yeah. That's going to be a great day. I feel like now is like 
Yeah, you can invest in people like crazy, and uh, you're gonna get some great people right now that are uh, that are available. And we're gonna help them through this podcast, damn it! Um, help them get a job. So we've also had to go back. We've also had candidates you you liked, I've liked, bosses didn't like, mm-hmm. and we've kind of had to go kind of had to go back. In my opinion you've made it kind of three and it's like, Oh man, I got to perform now. Right. I got to perform. I got to get on my game. When in reality, you are yourself on the phone. You're yourself when you're with the kind of the second interview and then you make us look like morons when you're not yourself in the, in the third interview because you're trying to do too much. Right. Uh, Yeah. Don't change. If you've got, you've gotten to that point, don't change anything. Uh, be who you are, uh, and for the love of God, come in with questions ready to ask. All right, so tell me the story, right? We had a, a there was a guy who interviewed for a job for us. You loved him. I so you he, loved him. He was going to be a solid number two. The, the the number one candidate was was number one, but if that person did not work out, this person is number two, and I'm ready to to jump on the table and say this this could be the guy, right. and we're. It was a, a Skype call or something. We're in a conference room and just great guy. And we get to the end and uh, the person leading the interview says, all right, do you have any questions for us? And he said, no. And the call ended and I kid you not, I collapsed. On the <laughs> I remember it. I remember it. Jump on and, and just said, what are you doing? Uh, I, I, I think if you... He blew it. He blew it right there at the end. Yeah, because if you... With an interview with me, and I, I think most people would say this, you can have uh, a, a, the best interview of all time. And then when you get to the, okay, well, what questions do you have for us? Uh, and if you don't have any, there, that's, to me, that's, that's laziness. Like, you, you, you don't have anything. You, you, so you didn't even go to our website, right? You, right. you have no questions ready and to the, go. When you have no questions and the answer is, well, you kind of answered them all. No, I didn't. No. No, 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 there's no chance. Yes, because questions, questions for me, when people interview with me, questions to me are how you're going to differentiate yourself. Because everyone's going to ask, uh, well, what's the ideal candidate look like? Everybody's going to ask, oh, well, explain to me your staff culture, right? Like that, that question. But if you come in and, and ask a question that is well thought out, that's going to kind of peel back the onion because I know you and Chris have talked about this a lot. You know, when you do an interview, you're interviewing that person and that organization just as much as they're interviewing you. Uh, I remember when I did not have a job for three months out of grad school, I turned down two positions uh, and pay wasn't the reason. It's because I could not see myself working for the person who offered me the job. Uh, so, you know, you have to follow your gut and you have to ask questions that are going to, to kind of give you a little bit of insight into the person who's ultimately going to be your manager uh, and into the organization that you're ultimately going to be working for. The, so when you're they're talking about questions, right, and you said well thought out ones, you know, the culture question comes out a lot, but it's presented kind of in the wrong way, right? Like, what's your culture like? We're going to tell you. No, yes. there's, there's no hiring person that's going to be like, well, we've got a shitty culture and the backstabbing guy over there. Don't talk to him. Uh, he'll tell all your secrets and, yeah. you know, 
uh, you know, oh. they say that they're going to pay you on X, but they're never going to pay you on X. You're only going to get paid on Y. They're never going to tell you that. No. So how do you get the culture question out? Because knowing what you're getting into is important, but not getting the BS answer, I also think is important. How would you structure the question to make sure you're getting the answer that you want, not the, you know, the political answer? So, I, I mean, I think, you know, one thing that, that one question that I really believe in is, is development of your staff, right? Like, and I think if you ask a question about, you know, so what type of uh, professional development coaching training as an organization do you offer? I, I think that is a question that is going to help you understand what type of culture are you getting yourself into, right? Because right, that, are they in it for you too? Yeah, are they in it for you? I think uh, another question that, that I, if you ask me these next two questions, um, you're, you're in. Number one is, you know, when you're talking to who's going to be your manager, Ask them point blank. People who have been in this role in the past, where are they now? Right? Because right. if you ask me that question, if you ask you that question, we're jumping for joy because we got a Rolodex ready to go. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can't wait. I, we're going to say that they're in. You know, if they tell you, like if you're interviewing for a ticket sales job and the first person they tell you about is somebody that's now in real estate, like it is. <laughs> Be is careful. That, yeah. Is that person investing in you like is that person um dedicated to growth and the next thing that that i i like to i think you should ask is you know what do you envision the 30 60 and 90 day plan for me right like so right because we asked them to say what's a 30 day 60 day plan for you flip it what's the what's it for me because love that question again you know that that question is going to put the a if you ask me that question i can answer it but two, we're going to walk out of there and I'm going to say, man, that person had some really good questions. Yeah. But I'm also like, if the person that you're, that's interviewing you can't answer those questions, again, you're peeling back the onion a little bit, right? Like, wait, I just asked this person the first 30 days, what am I going to do? And they couldn't tell me, like, uh, is there training? Is there onboarding? Is there this? Is there that? By 90 days, am I going to be, you know, am I going to have full menu capabilities to do selling? That's an easy question that any manager should be able to answer. And if they can't answer it or if they're scrambling, like, oh, well, you know, and then there's this and, well, it, then that's telling you right there the type of culture you're walking into without asking, oh, well, tell me about your staff culture. I think the, uh, the questions that you've got to answer are different from the ones that you would ask, say, you and me, the person that you'd be most working with. Mm -hmm. Then like, you know, Larry Lucchino, who was the first guest ever on this podcast, will not authorize a hire until he talks to him. Yes. Right? So the questions they ask Larry, I think, are a bit different than the questions that you ask you and I. So we might say great questions, but those really have to be like, they're almost like, I don't know, nuts and bolts kind of questions is like, we're going to be in battle together forever. You got to go talk to the general who you, you know, are only going to not the Larry's very visible, but like, you're not going to interact with him every day. But like, what are the kind of questions that you think would be best to go ask, you know, the owner of the team or the president of the team, the, the highest of high of the organization? In my opinion, in those settings, you're asking them about their career. 
right? You are because what you're doing there, because you know, someone like Larry, again, he he wants to know, like, can you can you speak? Can you talk to me? Are you intimidated talking to me? Uh, you know, can we carry on a conversation? And also, if you know, when you talk to someone about their career, but when you talk, uh, sorry to interrupt, but you talk about the career, don't do like. Tell me the places that you've worked. No. Right. No, you should know that. You're talking. So, so Larry Lucchino, right? If you're interviewing for a job with the Worcester Red Sox, uh, you know, tell me about, you know, I, I did some research on you, uh, Mr. Lucchino. Uh, you know, tell me about the experience of renovating Fenway Park. Right. So that's, that's telling Larry, hey, you're allowing, you allow any president, any chairman, any CEO to talk about themselves. It, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, the second thing bit. is you're you're indicating to that person that you spent the time to get to know their background. Right. Um, and you know, and then but then also talk about the future, right? Like you know, where, where what direction do you see this organization going? Right. Like with us, you're building a new ballpark. You know, talk about the new ballpark and what you think that's going to do for downtown Worcester. Let let the the general, if you will talk about their successes, uh, but also reflect to them, I've done my research, I know your career, and, and I'm, I'm prepared to talk about it. And I think that will go a long way. I, I agree. And it's also not talking about like, hey, how did you trade Nomar? Yes. Right? No, that's yeah. not what we're here for. Right? And so um, I think there's a way to do it. Uh, and I think the way that you described um, is a good one. And once you pass the test with Lucchino, uh, you're good, right? Or, you know, it was, it was all, you know, whoever the top person is that, you, that you've got to interview with. But um, I would know, I think, you know, you've got to have just that kind of different, you just can't, you know, it's not copy and paste uh, no. for the different types of folks. And I would also know, like, you're coming back for the second interview. One of the questions that I think the people who do great with at least us will then say, okay, who am I speaking with? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say, all right, you're going to talk to these four or five different people. And those people then do research on their backgrounds. They know what's going on and they ask them specific questions. Oh, here's my, you know, Charles questions. Here's my Lucino questions. Here's my Harper questions. Here's my Crane questions that they can then go and have different conversations with. Yeah, I I completely agree. And to that point, when you're talking if about- If anyone interviews me ever again and doesn't bring up front office features- out of, they're, not, they're not hired, not hired. I remember, I remember distinctly early on in front office features, you demanding a couple of uh, interviewees to go and download it. Uh, <laughs> but I think to, to your point also, when you're talking about culture and is this an organization you want to get into, how are they handling the interview process? You know, if they tell you they're going to call you at one, are they calling you at one? Yeah. Uh, when you go in for this final interview, is it, just the third interview with one person and that's it. You know, again, like that, that's, that's, that's telling me if I'm in that situation, like there's, there's might be a red flag or two here. Yeah. I, I, so I think you're totally right is making sure that, you know, you're, we talked about it before, but interviewing the organization is just as important as interviewing the, their, them interviewing them interviewing you. Definitely. All right. I think we've done a good job on talking through kind of at least the way that, um, that we have. I, before, you know, I want to talk through this uh, LinkedIn call, but I got one more to read. Harp, 
the wait is finally over. Football is back. Your um, Cowboys, though, uh, losing Dak, that was disgusting. Yes, lose the rest of the game. That's fine. You want uh, Trevor Lawrence? No, I, I just my, – my philosophy in the NFL is if you early on realize you cannot win the Super Bowl, you should tank the rest of the season for draft picks. What is the point in the NFL of going eight and eight? It's so stupid. <laughs> there's no, there's, there's, there's no yeah, point. I'm sure there's one. I think the Seahawks, we know where there's a couple of teams that have gone nine and seven and gotten hot in the playoffs. Steel, hey, Steelers were a wild card uh, and they were six seed and they, they won, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But with, with Andy Dalton, the Andy Dalton led Dallas Cowboys are not going to go seven and nine and get in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. So go two and 14 and let's get a top five pick. Red rifle, red rocket, red rifle, right? I think he's a red BB gun at this point. <laughs> we know him well from a million Steelers games. I watched him uh, play. Uh, you might not be at a game this year, but you will be in the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win the season from game spreads and totals to uh, team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, uh, and championship futures all day, every day. By the way, if you can still bet on divisions, the odds have to be totally different from when they started in the beginning, yeah, but you right? Still can. Sure, you can, but like the odds have to be totally different. By the way, the odds to have the Jets win the AFC East have to be you what? Yeah, 10,000, 20,000 to one. A billion to one. They, they might not win a game. I think the better thing is how many over under of two wins, two and a half wins for the Jets this year. Are you going over or under? They stink. I'm going to go over. Over? Just on the, sheer, on the sheer fact that Adam Gase at some point is going to get fired. And I think when Adam Gase gets fired, and we've seen this before, a, a coach who is absolutely despised. Yeah. And all of a sudden the team just starts playing better. Like that just, team has so checked out on Gase. Uh, I mean, you saw it with the Texans, right? Like O'Brien's gone and uh, I think they won. Maybe not. But they did win. They did win. Romeo yeah. Cornell. Romeo Cornell has been an interim head coach. Yeah. He's like, he's everywhere. like, me. he's like, he's like the interim guy. He, just, <laughs> <laughs> he sticks around just long enough. Uh all right, uh, where was I? Uh, we talked about that. Head to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's bet. Uh, that's BLUEWIRE, all one word, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, I want to talk to you about a phone call that I had about um, you know um, a, uh, a, a informational interview. A person was just calling. Uh, to get my opinion on some different things and just talk through. Great call. The person was really, really good. Um, so this isn't somehow negative towards them. Not at all. It's actually positive because I've heard this more than once. And we touched on it earlier here today. They go and say, well, I want to get a job and um, I want to learn everything that I can. I, I pause. Yep. And I say, learning's good, but I'm not college, right? Yes. You are now in the show. You, are, you have made the big leagues if you get a full-time job in the sports industry. They are few and far to come by. You've made the big leagues. 
And if you say in an interview, a phone call, or even your mentality is, <clears throat> excuse me, is I want to learn. I want to teach you how to sell tickets or do whatever job I'm asking, marketing, mm -hmm. social media, whatever that it is. I want to teach you that, but you sure as hell better come with some value because this isn't a full, this isn't another you know, year of your education. This is a year of your professional life where your success is my success, which is the team success. And if you don't have that mentality of coming in with, I bring value and I'm coming in hot, I'm coming in strong. And yes, you will learn along the way. And yes, the good managers will teach you, but you can't have the mentality of, I'm taking this job uh, to learn. My education continues. No, F that. It does not continue. It's coming in. You better come in with a purpose and you better come in with value. If not, you're, there, there's, it's not going to work out. Yeah, I 100% I agree. And again, I, it's, it's, it is a mindset. And again, that's not an indictment on you know, this one person. that you spoke it, it, He didn't mean it like negatively at because, all. No, it just comes it, across as like, I've got to, you know, be your, you know, if you went to grad school, your next grad school. No, I'm not here for that. Yes. And, and I, I think, you know, it goes back to a mindset where it's, you, yes, you, you are going to, but you, hopefully you learn, right? Like of course, I learn every day and I'm 38 yeah. years old. Hopefully you're going to learn, but yes, it, it's, that's not a mindset. And, and, you know, going back to, there are a hundred things in an interview that you can say uh, that are going to cause a red flag, right? And, and sometimes you can, you can get through those, you know, but someone who comes in, uh, I want to learn, I want to be a sponge, that that's not that's good like but don't don't tell me that right i'm ex i'm expecting if i hire you you're going to come in and learn you're going to come in and, and go through the training and, and understand what our process is i don't need you to tell me that uh what i want to hear you do is i want to come in and grind i want to come in right you know, if he or she you know whoever says anything like that if you if you kind of switch it a little bit and say I want to come in and develop the skills I already have. I right. want to come in and grow the skills I already have, right? You're kind of saying the same thing, but you're saying it completely different. And, and that's, that's a kid I can get, I can get excited about, right? This is a person who's identifying to me. Hey, I've already got skills that you want. I want to come in and I want to grow those. I want to develop those. I want to enhance those, but come in to learn, like you're going to make 80 phone calls a day. Like yeah. you, like, yeah. like, there's not much learning there. You're going to learn yeah. how to pick up the phone. And you're an operations guy. You're going to be running a forklift. You're going to be power washing. I don't, I don't know. You're going to uh, community relations. You're going to learn by stuffing uh, donation envelopes or, yes. or whatever. But like, I think the mindset flip is it's hard. Right. And I, I like I said, I, I'm not bad mouthing this person at all because it was, I get where they're coming from. Right. For the last, what? 16 years, they have been, uh, you're educated, right? You are, someone's teaching you, someone's teaching you. I'm taking, I have theory, right? I have theory, I have theory. I'm teaching, I'm, I'm, you're, you're being taught. So I'm not saying, I don't understand like the next connection is like, I need to be taught again. But I think you've got to be able to have some sort of switch that flips. And it might be a slow flip, but like 
no, I, I've got to come in with value. I've got to come in with um, a skill set that that team needs that they can't get anywhere else. I'm the only one that can provide it, and they need it more than they need water to drink. Yes. Right? And you'll learn along the way. I've learned so much from uh, – I've learned from you. I've learned from Lucino. Uh, I, I, I learn every day, right? You'll, I'll learn every day until I'm dead. And – so it's not learning, right? You'll always learn, but you, Lucino's not interested in me learning. He's interested no. in me generating revenue, right? No, and if no, I learn no, along the way, great. Yeah, no manager, even a manager who I think that are similar to us that are, that are very concerned and invested in your growth and in your development wants to be looked upon as a teacher. Right. And that's not what, what we're here to do, but I, I will give that individual credit and the credit I want to give him is he reached out to you to set up an informational phone call. Totally uh, agree. Totally I agree. I think the, the one thing I would stress to, to everyone who is listening, who is following you and Chris's and everybody else's advice of setting up these informational phone calls. When you get feedback that maybe isn't, you know, similar to you, like, Hey, like, don't say that. Don't take it the wrong way. Don't take it as a negative. Uh, take it as a teachable, a teachable moment that you're now going to be able to take forward um, in future calls, future interviews that you're going to do. Uh, because I, I remember I found I was going through some stuff and I found my first resume that I ever did. Uh, right. like, Holy hell! <laughs> I got a it's job. Awful. Yeah, that? I got a job with this, right? <laughs> so, like, it, it's it's a it's a learn. You know, you you. you you're going through this process um, when you get feedback that maybe you take away as negative feedback. It, that, that's probably what it is, but, or constructive feedback, take yeah. it at face value. Don't read too much into it because these informational phone calls that you're having with people are to help you and right. not going to be helped if somebody just you know, spends an hour on the phone with you and you walk away saying, man, that went great. He's a nice guy. Like you're going to need that feedback that's going to help you grow and develop. I agree. Well, Harp, it was your first time as a, uh, as a, as a, as a backup guest, yeah. as a backup host today. How do you think, how do you, how do you feel? How do you feel post, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're kind of wrapping this thing up post, post yeah, discussion. I, I, I feel good. I, I think. Um, feel good, feel loose, feel limber. Yeah, I do. I, I think going into this, there was a pretty good chance based on some of the conversations that you and I have had in our four and a half years together, there was a pretty good chance this could have been the last front office features ever. <laughs> so it's it good that it didn't go in that direction. Um, so yeah, I, I feel good. I think what, what you're doing, what Chris is doing, and the guests that you, you two have brought on, I, I think are, are doing a great service. Uh, to to a group of individuals that that hopefully are, are taking what you're doing and, and taking it uh, seriously because it is. I remember I, the job market I went into was in 2008, 2009. Are y'all listening that don't remember that? Go read about that job market. Yeah, tough, it, tough. It was tough. So uh, it, it's a tough job market out there, but uh, it, it's going to be worth it in the end. And I would just, you know, encourage Everyone out there, keep reaching out. Keep, keep grinding, talking. grinding. I love that when you said yeah, that. Keep grinding. 
keep grinding away because, you know, there is, you know, there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully it's not a freight train, but um, it, it will improve. It will get better. And, and, you know, the other piece of advice I would tell everybody, the one question, if you go on LinkedIn, the one thing that you're seeing is what's the number one question that's going to be asked in interviews coming out of the pandemic. Um, and the number one question is, how did you better yourself or what did you do during the pandemic? And you had better be able to answer that question. Because I got an army of interns in Pawtucket that got damn good answers to that question. Amen. So you need to be able to answer that question and be prepared for that question. It's coming for you uh, as you start to embark on more interviews as we hopefully start to, to kind of pull out of this. All right. I need to get your opinion on something that's probably the most important answer that you'll ever give. Yes. Chris last week said he's never had Taco Bell in his life. It's a lunacy. It's craziness. That is That's the, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my that life. That is the second most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Most, <laughs> the most ridiculous is that any red-blooded American has never watched The Office. Oh, give me a break. No way. No, no I – you that is the most absurd <laughs> like I, I how did this turn on me we're making fun of chris no, gotta go eat no chris is chris is crazy but the office and, and look I, I think the office is the greatest sitcom of all time i also will go to my grave not to kind of veer off into another direction but i would feel what we do all remiss, the time remiss if i didn't include her in this because we both know her if it wasn't for the office i firmly believe that i would not be engaged right now what Yes, the yes, and, and you know my fiance, Alice Grace. She will tell you the office is ultimately what got us together. So I'm biased towards wow. it in general. Um, we can we can talk about it all. Well, <laughs> okay. It was a it was like that's what we started hanging out together, watching the office. Oh. I'm sure it wasn't going to be friends. So this wasn't uh, supposed to turn against me. This was supposed to just make no, fun of Chris for not having but, Taco Bell. But you brought it up talking about ta Taco Bell. What's that like? What do you mean? What's that? It's it's, it's two a.m. quesadillas, right? And they're like, delicious. Yeah, they are. But the office, <laughs> yeah, they are. The but office. never having it, how can you go through life and never have Taco Bell? Like you've got to turn right. There's Taco Bell's right there and right over there. How can you not have Taco Bell? I, I mean, if he had said I'd never had McDonald's, he had said like I'd never had Wendy's. But I mean, Taco Bell isn't. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a niche food. A niche yeah. tacos it's like the most uh, they sell more to what uh, chips and queso or chips someone, and salsa than they do anything else for can't someone who can't pronounce abuela <laughs> looking at the pronunciation of abuela that might be your best point of the uh <laughs> of the night is they even give me the little pronunciation yeah. key and i still can't do it what the what what's a oh jesus how the hell did i pronounce that again not well. <laughs> no, uh, not well. All right. Uh, Harp, I think we've done enough damage uh, for this evening. Uh, we went thanks. off the rails there pretty quickly. But, uh, but the thing is, you and I, we were, we were pre pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Chris and I get off the rails in like seven seconds. Yeah. We've also done 100 of these together. Uh, this is our first. If we do 100 of these together, I'm sure we'll be off the rails in six seconds. Yeah. All right, but thanks again for joining me. Appreciate it. Thank you.